Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is afraid to talk about. The Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 166 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Friday, June 3rd, 2022. Are they really going to try to take our guns away from us? Do they really not want us to be able to afford to drive? It's all coming up. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen, and yes, we do need to keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. They are being persecuted for being on the wrong side of politics by the Biden regime. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. All right, without any further ado, Joe Biden lied last night. I know, I know, that's like saying that there are bears in the woods. I know, that's like saying the dogs bark, the kittens meow, but here he is. We should repeal the liability shield that often protects gun manufacturers from being sued for the death and destruction caused by their weapons. They're the only industry in this country that has that kind of immunity. That's a lie. Try suing Pfizer. Now, back in the day, I would say that's a lie, and he knows it, but he's so far gone. Who knows what he knows at this point? Dementia Joe is so far gone. Who knows what he knows at this point? I wonder about people who mispronounce manufacturers as manufacturers. Is that the dementia kicking in? Is it just because he's lazy? I don't know. So what about the uh, what about the baby formula situation? A reporter tried to get some kind of uh, accountability out of the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, who briefed Biden on the baby formula situation. Unfortunately, it didn't go too well. To say there is no specific person is not a satisfactory answer. When you have senior uh, assistance to the president, there's a paper trail, I'm sure, about briefings to the president. There's a domestic policy council. There's a chief of staff. At some point, we need to know who would have been the most likely person to talk to. Him. I think what, what I'm trying to say, there are so many issues that come up uh, that is presented to the president. As you know, you've covered you've covered many administrations, and there are just regular channels that that happen that go to the president. Like it's evasive to not have the most senior people in the White House willing to say, "I had a conversation with the president about it," or "I had," or "We talked about it in this context or that context," and we're also all. Reporting on the consumer side of it, of what you're doing, of putting out and trying to get information. But we're also trying to understand the information flow in this White House, and it's important for us to get that answer, which is why we're going to keep asking it until we get that answer. You have every right to keep asking. That's why I'm here. Look, 
really, Kellyo, he's briefed on countless priorities. Uh, he is the President of the United States. There are regular channels. Uh, he is briefed by his senior White House uh, staff. Um, and that is just the so process that we have. I, I'm, I'm not going to confirm who it was. I'm just letting you know that there are regular channels that we use. Um, and, uh, you know, it's senior, again, senior White House staff that when elevate issues to him uh, when the time comes. And they're just regular channels. And that's that's what I have for you, for you to share there. In other words, we lied. There will be no accountability. And you can just, you know, take a long walk off a short pier. Now, we owe you nothing. We're the White House. Get used to it. So that's what that's all about. Um, oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, the White House COVID advisor was asked if um, he believes that all schools are going to be open when the school year comes back around in August. And the same White House press secretary you just heard would not allow him to answer the question, but uh, grabbed him away from the microphone. Doctor, do you believe all schools will and must be open this coming fall? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. do have to go. I am sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Pretty transparent, wouldn't you say? Pretty transparent. Now, we're doing this live stream at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, for our friends on the East Coast. A few minutes ago, uh, Dementia Joe, I'll never call him president because they stole the Dementia Joe, lied again. Since it took office, families are carrying less debt. Their average savings are up. A recent survey from the Federal Reserve found that more Americans feel financially comfortable than any time since the survey began in 2013. I don't care how far gone the dementia is. He knows that's not true. Right? He knows that's not true. Give me a break. One more. One more before we uh, move on to other things. Dementia Joe from last night. Do something. Just do something. For God's sake, do something. Get his name out your mouth. Get his name out of your mouth. You don't believe in God. You absolutely positively do not believe in God. So stop invoking his name. Again, as I said on the campaign trail when I was running for governor, we're all going to have to stand before God and give an account for what we've done on this earth. Our only hope is that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. That's our only hope. So in the meantime, 
people like Dementia Joe, who invoke God's name, when they clearly don't believe in him, I'm supposed to keep quiet? I'm not supposed to say anything? Why is that? Why is that? Did John the Baptist keep quiet against King Herod when he took his brother's wife? He said, no, it's wrong. It's wrong. So, you're telling me I'm not supposed to say anything? Let's check this out. Tristan Justice over the Federalist.com. Under Joe Biden, we've set 18 records for high gas prices in just 19 days. Y'all know that? Gas prices reached the national average of 476 per gallon Friday and another five cent leap to cap off a week of soaring pressure at the pump and a post holiday surge with new records set daily. Prices for regular Unleaded were 462 on Tuesday, according to AAA. Travel agency's gas tracker rising rapidly beyond the, the traditional Memorial Day peak. Prices for diesel also eclipsed their prior record set in May, averaging 558 per gallon Friday. Dementia Joe said in Japan last week, quoting now, when it comes to the gas prices, we're going through an incredible transition that's taking place when it's over will be stronger, and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels. He likes high gas prices. In case y'all didn't realize, he likes high gas prices. By the way, um, his Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, was asked about it. The Department of Energy has an Energy Information Administration, which does, which is an objective uh, entity that does analysis projecting the prices of gasoline. They say that things might stable out, stabilize by the end of this year, but that the price of gas is likely to remain above $4 a gallon. They want it that way. It's a feature, not a bug. Going back to Tristan Justice, thefederalist.com says, beyond, shicker, beyond sticker shock when filling up, Americans are paying for higher fuel costs by way of higher prices for goods and groceries that are now more expensive to produce and ship. According to the latest data from the Department of Labor, overall prices are up 8.3% from last year, the fastest pace in 40 years. Energy is up more than 30%. Analysts at J.P. Morgan Chase predict Americans could face an average $6.20 per gallon by August. Residents in California already surpassed the average six twenty per gallon to fill up this week. Despite the added stress on American consumers who hold the lowest confidence in the nation's economy since 2009, as Gallup re- revealed Tuesday, Joe Biden, Dementia Joe? has only escalated his administration's war on domestic energy production with new restrictions. 
Last month, CBS News reported the Interior Department canceled oil and gas projects from Alaska to the Gulf of Mexico. Biden's resumption of oil and gas leases on federal land announced in April to comply with the court order also comes with a new cascade of taxes and regulations, including a 50% spike in royalty fees from what is extracted. Did you realize that? In a feeble attempt to keep gas prices down ahead of the fall midterm elections, Dementia Joe harnessed the nation's emergency oil reserves with an unprecedented release of a million barrels of oil per day for 180 days. The rollout of the release, which began May 15th, coincided with daily records and gas prices for more than a week. Past releases under this administration have also made no difference in controlling gas prices, now up nearly 100% from the final months that Donald Trump was president. According to the Department of Energy, Americans use about 20 million barrels of oil per day. So they don't want any fuel left in the strategic oil preserve, do they? No. No, they don't. Mentioned John the Baptist a little bit ago. And the guts to call out the king, King Herod, for breaking the law. I'm watching uh, the Podbean app as we're doing the live stream. My buddy Carl Mo Watson says John the Baptist gave his head and his life for what he believed. That's right. That's right. You know, it was uh, the great Jim Elliott who once said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep in exchange for what he cannot lose. Let that simmer for a minute. Let me... uh, i share you another little ditty here from uh, the Federalist. Oh, Tristan Justice again, the Federalist. Article entitled, If Joe Biden Cared About Gun Laws, Hunter Biden Would Already Be in Jail. Yeah. Again, I'll never call him president because they stole the election. Dementia Joe, the Federalist says, is on a full-blown crusade to regulate or repeal the Second Amendment out of existence. While Democrats are often not honest about their intentions, this has always been their true agenda. Biden's son, Hunter, who appeared to purchase a gun illegally in 2018, could be among those hardest hit. Last night, Dementia Joe went on a nearly 20-minute tirade on the need to ban so-called assault weapons, whatever that means. Biden ranting on the graves of the 19 children their two teachers gunned down by a madman in Uvalde, Texas last week, said, and I quote, Why in God's name should an ordinary citizen be able to purchase an assault weapon that holds 30-round magazines that let mass shooters fire hundreds of bullets in a matter of minutes, unquote? Because you don't want us to be able to protect ourselves. Next! He said, we need to ban assault weapons in high-capacity magazines, and if we can't ban assault weapons, then we should raise the age 
to purchase them from 18 to 21, strengthen the background checks, enact safe storage laws and red flag laws, repeal the immunity that protects gun manufacturers from liability, unquote. For starters, suing gun manufacturers for the way their firearms are used is akin to suing the Ford Motor Company because a black suspect motivated by anti-white racism allegedly plowed through a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, brutally killing at least six with a Ford Escape SUV. In stark contrast to his immediate visits to Buffalo and Uvalde following mass tragedies, Biden made no trip to console the families of Waukesha, Wisconsin, nor did he demand Congress take on the car lobby. Biden summarized his demands in a tweet calling on lawmakers to pass new gun bans and repeal immunity laws for firearm manufacturers that don't exist. An easy giveaway that Democrats aren't ever actually serious about solving the underlying issues whenever tragedy strikes with firearms. Federal senior editor David Harsanyi points out are that the laws they routinely propose never would have prevented the carnage in the first place. Details aside, Dementia Joe doesn't have room to speak on gun control until his son Hunter faces, at a minimum, a substantive criminal investigation into his answers and a background check when purchasing a firearm in 2018. When asked by the firearms transaction record, Form 4473, whether he is an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance, Hunter Biden answered no. While it's unclear whether Hunter was an active user at the time, it's far from inconceivable. Following repeated rehab visits in 2003, 2010, and 2014 for treatment with highly addictive substances, In 2014, Hunter was discharged from the Navy for cocaine use and, according to The New Yorker, went on another cocaine binge in 2016. Three years later, the president's son abandoned his laptop at a Delaware repair shop. It possessed graphic footage of the first son appearing to smoke crack cocaine during sexual encounters. In 2018, the same year Hunter purchased The revolver apparently found abandoned in the garbage by Secret Service. The younger Biden was suspected of smoking crack in a D.C. strip club. Lying on a Form 4473 to purchase a firearm is a felony offense that can carry up to 10 years in prison and a quarter of a million dollar fine. Before Biden goes on lecturing Americans about responsible gun ownership and threatening to regulate ownership out of existence, some self-reflection is warranted. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. But don't count on it. Don't count on it. I don't see that happening anytime soon, do you? Biden, self-reflection? I mean, can you imagine Biden, self-reflection? Nope, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Once again, we are so thankful to our advertisers 
for making us able to do what we do here on The Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn every day. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions... You need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button. You book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No copays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood... He focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? 
Call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Thanks once again to our advertisers, Jonathan Presswood, Mitch Ward over at Red River, and Art Wilborn. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Appreciate y'all. Lindsey Graham last night on social media saying, I stand ready to vote on all the proposals mentioned by President Biden tonight and encourage the Democrat leader to bring them forward for votes. So you're going to sell us out, Lindsey? Well, look, don't count on Sean Hannity to hold him accountable. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, Sean, wait and see, Sean. We're going to get to the bottom of all this. How many years has Hannity been pretending that Lindsey's telling the truth on that? Now, I'm going to upset some folks with this next clip. But I'm not here to curry favor with anybody. I'm here to take a cold, unflinching view of the truth. Some folks aren't going to be too happy about this. But here's the problem. I didn't say this stuff. They did. February 2018. And I called them out for it at the time. This uh, this isn't me. This is them. February 2018. Mike Pence and Donald Trump talking about red flag laws. If you haven't heard this before, it might be shocking to you. It's less than a minute long. Most of it is Pence, and then Trump comes in. Here we go. In your meeting with governors earlier this week, individually and and as a group, we spoke about um, about states taking steps, but the focus is to literally give families and give local law enforcement additional tools if an individual is reported to be a, a potential danger to themselves or others. And allow due process so no one's rights are trampled, but, but the ability to go to court, obtain an order, and then collect not only the firearms but any any weapons in the 
in possession. Or might take the firearms first and then go to court, because that's another system, because a lot of times by the time you go to court, it takes so long to go to court to get the due process procedures. Uh, I like taking the guns early, like in this crazy man's case that just took place in Florida. He had a lot of firearms. They saw everything. To go to court would have taken a long time. So you could do exactly what you're saying, but take the guns first, go through due process second. Now, a lot of us Second Amendment supporters at the time weren't too crazy about uh, what President Trump was saying. I mean, we can't be right on everything, right? He's a great president. He accomplished a lot of great things. But he couldn't be right 100% of the time, right? Now, due process, uh, it's not due process if you take the guns first. It's just not. Anyway, that uh, that came up again because red flag laws are one of the things that they're now uh, calling for. And the problem is red flag laws can be misused. Red flag laws can be nothing more than somebody trying to get back at somebody else and using law enforcement to do it. It makes swatting a lot easier. You ever heard of the term swatting? Somebody will call the cops uh, lying, saying that you are barricaded in your house, threatening to kill people, threatening to kill yourself, and the cops need to get down there? You ever heard about that? Well, see, the red flag law, you can just say, I don't know, man, he's been acting kind of creepy, been acting kind of weird. I think you probably ought to take his guns away. Well, maybe you haven't been doing anything out of the ordinary. You know? But see, it's it's a lot easier for people who are protected by guys with guns, people who would never be subject to a red flag law. It's a lot easier for them to think that it probably would be in our best interest if it'd be more easy to take our guns away from us. Whether they have an R or a D by their name. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, I played some uh, audio from him yesterday, interview with CNN, talking about, yeah, 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 we need to look at uh, restricting the purchase of AR-15 for people 18 to 21. Oh, okay, so a 20-year-old out on her own, you don't want her to be able to protect and defend herself. Got it. Got it. Understood. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Going back to the the clip with the uh, with Trump saying you should take the guns before you have the due process in court. It's uncomfortable looking at that, talking about that because of what a great president he was, because they stole the election from him. But again, sometimes uh, 
Sometimes they say unfortunate things. And it's not my duty to try to sweep things under the rug, you know. My buddy Carl Mo Watson uh, checking in again on the Podbean app as we're doing the live, live stream. He said, yeah, well, Doc, you and I both know just because Trump was a great business president, we still know he wasn't perfect. And as for Pence, Mike Pence, well, that one explains itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Mike Pence, who sold us all down the river, January 6, 2021. He certainly did. He certainly did. Now, speaking of selling us down the river, it looks like Lindsey Graham is ready, willing, and able to. And if you think Sean Hannity's going to hold him accountable, you <laughs> bless your heart. Bless your heart. So, Jack Posobiec. Last night, the great Jack Posobiec from Human Events said, anyone else remember when Joe Biden killed all those kids in Afghanistan and then lied about it for a week? Remember that? Remember what we're talking about? And there is a link to the great Raheem Kassam, September 10th, 2021, over the National Pulse, article entitled, Joe Biden committed a war crime by drone striking civilian aid worker, not ISIS, evidence reveals. Here's what it says. Analysis has revealed that Joe Biden's last-minute effort to salvage credibility during the Afghanistan withdrawal included a heinous, pardon me, a heinous war crime which murdered aid worker civilians, not the ISIS-K terrorists the Biden regime claimed. On August 28, 2021, Major General Hank Taylor told reporters during a press briefing that an over-the-horizon counterterrorism operation killed two high-profile ISIS-K targets. The move was lauded by America's corporate news media, even as doubts as to the veracity of the claims were raised in the immediate aftermath. Now, analysis from the New York Times reveals the driver of the vehicle targeted, Zamari Ahmadi, was in fact a longtime employee of a U.S. aid group. He appeared to be carrying water, not explosives. The New York Times further alleges while the U.S. military accepts responsibility for collateral damage in the form of three civilians, it was likely or ten who died, including seven children. A timeline of events pieced together from more than a dozen of the driver's family members as well as colleagues reveals the following. Mr. Amadi had worked as an electrical engineer for Nutrition and Education International, a California-based aid group. On the morning of the Biden-backed atrocity, Amadi's boss called him at 8.45 a.m. and asked him to pick up his laptop. Mr. Amadi left around 9 a.m. in a white Toyota Corolla belonging to his employer, 
This is when surveillance begins. An MQ-9 Reaper drone tracked Ahmadi around Kabul as he picked up breakfast and went to his office. Around 2.30 p.m., Ahmadi began filling canisters with water to distribute them as aid. Mr. Ahmadi commuted home around 4 p.m. As he arrived home at 4.50 p.m., the U.S. drone fired a Hellfire missile at him, murdering him and his family members. Shortly after the strike, U.S. military leaders insisted only ISIS combatants had been killed and that a secondary explosion proved there were explosives in the vehicle. An on-the-ground investigation has now disproven any claims of secondary explosion, meaning Biden's U.S. military not only committed a war crime, but attempted to cover it up with a lie. Ahmadi's relatives said 10 members of their family, including seven kids, were killed. Ahmadi and three of his children, 20-year-old Zamir, 16-year-old Faisal, 10-year-old Farzad, Mr. Ahmadi's cousin, 30-year-old Nasser, three of Romal's children, 7-year-old Arwen, 6-year-old Benjamin, 2-year-old Hayat, and two 3-year-old girls, Malika and Samaya. A New York Times reporter visited home, the home of Ahmadi's in-country boss, who has a pending resettlement case in the United States. He said, we have nothing to do with terrorism or ISIS. We love America. We want to go there. Now, the Geneva Convention defines a war crime as willful killing, torture or inhuman, torture or inhumane treatment, including biological experiments, willfully causing great suffering or serious injury to body or health, and extensive destruction and appropriation of property not justified by military necessity and carried out unlawfully and wantonly. It further describes, further defines violation as intentionally directing attacks against civilian population as such or against individual civilians, not taking direct part in hostilities, intentionally diverting attacks against civilian objects, that is, objects which are not military objectives, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. By almost any commonly accepted measure, it appears Joe Biden ordered a war crime attack in order to save face during his botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. But he wants you to think he cares about American children being killed. Right? So Joe Biden wants to raise the age of gun purchases to 21, but endorses hormone therapy and genital mutilation for eight-year-old girls and boys. Got it? Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Now, oh, and as far as the genital mutilation goes, again, there was a bill passed against that in the state of Arkansas, and Governor Asa Hutchinson vetoed the bill, which was soundly overridden by almost every Republican in the state legislature. And by the way, your incoming governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders refused to criticize Aza for coming out in support of child abuse. Don't think that just because she defeated me in the Republican primary, I'm going to let her forget, because I'm not. Now, where can we find a governor who's actually a true American patriot? Well, let's look at Florida. 
Here's a statement from the uh, DeSanto, pardon me, DeSantis administration in Florida. His press secretary, Christina Peshaw, put this on uh, Twitter yesterday. Statement on the latest threats from the Biden administration. It is appalling that the Biden administration is threatening to withhold food from Florida public school children in order to advance a deranged political agenda that Floridians have rejected. Sadly, this would not be the first time that Biden has pursued petty political score settling to the detriment of Americans' well-being. We will not allow Biden to force Floridians to choose between children's food and parents' rights. That is the kind of so-called decision that a totalitarian regime would force upon its citizenry. The federal government has no authority to follow through on these threats. But Governor DeSantis will always remain vigilant in protecting Floridians from unconstitutional federal overreach. In Florida, we will continue to defend opportunities for girls and women to participate in sports. And as a dad, Governor DeSantis will always stand for parents' rights to make educational and health care decisions for their children. Now, in case you're wondering what this is about, the Biden administration has threatened to withhold federal funding for school lunch programs from school districts, which won't let boys into girls' bathrooms and locker rooms all the way up through 12th grade. That's what that is about. Now, again, the governor of Arkansas would roll over for that in a heartbeat. Not a problem. He's pro-transgender surgery anyway. NBC News reports DeSantis moves to ban transition care for transgender youths and Medicaid recipients. Transition care. So they refer to mutilating children, this child abuse, as health care, just like they refer to abortion, the murder of babies, as health care. Well, good for him. Go for Ron DeSantis. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Arkansas will someday elect a governor who will stand up for the rights of children. But it's certainly not going to be this November. Nope. So, as gasoline hits record prices... House Republicans are going to run on an emissions reduction platform. Idiots. Idiots. Thank you, Steve Malloy from JunkScience.com for that. Representative Garrett Graves, congressman out of Louisiana, summarizes the House GOP lurch into climate idiocy. Garrett Graves, congressman out, Republican congressman out of Louisiana, the chair of the 17-member uh, task force, told Politico in an exclusive interview previewing the plan, quote, We are creating a clear, coherent energy strategy that returns the U.S. to an emissions reduction traje- trajectory as opposed to what we are seeing under the Biden administration, which is failing every test 
whether it be affordability, emissions, or security. So Steve Malloy summarizes this by saying, you got a Republican congressman saying, we're not as evil and stupid as Biden, but we're, we sure are close. We sure are close. These people are clueless, y'all. They're absolutely clueless. But I got more. Have you seen that uh, What is a Woman movie yet, Matt Walsh? I got a clip from that coming up. There's so much. So much that we have yet to speak about here today on the Voice of the Resistance, Doc Washburn Show. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton... Make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines? Neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes... You probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. 
Thanks again to our advertisers, Drs. J.R. and Tanya Crabtree at Arkansas Upper Cervical Center and Attorney Justin Minton. We appreciate you, friends. So, 12.55 Eastern, 11.55 Central, there's some breaking news here. U.S. Attorney's Office tells NBC News that Dr. Peter Navarro is in custody pending the court appearance following his indictment by the Justice Department. And you still don't think that the Biden regime is going after its political opponents? I'm just saying. Somebody's got to speak up. Somebody's got to speak up. U.S. Representative David Cicilline, Democrat, Rhode Island, trashes the Constitution because he wants to take your guns away. So spare me the bull about constitutional rights. Would the gentleman not be? No, I will not yield, and I'm not going to yield for my entire five minutes, so don't ask again. Now, here's a U.S. congressman who actually is standing up for your rights, a guy named Greg Stubbe. Here he is. Right here in front of me, I have a Sig Sauer P226. Comes with a 21-round magazine. This gun would be banned. Here's a 12-round here's a magazine. This magazine would be banned under this current bill. It doesn't fit because this gun was made for a 20-round, 21-round magazine. This gun would be banned under this bill. Here's a Sig Sauer 320. It takes a 20-round magazine. It's a 20-round magazine. Here's a 12-round magazine that would be banned. It doesn't fit because it would be banned. This gun would be banned under this bill. Here's a gun I carry every single day to protect myself, my family, my wife, my home. This is a XL 6-hour P365. comes with a 15-round magazine. Here's a 7-round magazine, which would be less than what would be lawful under this bill if this bill were to come off. It doesn't fit. So this gun would be banned. I hope the gun, the gun is not loaded. I'm in my house. I can do whatever I want with my guns. Raise so that order. is exactly what the Democrats want to do. He's on a Zoom call with other people on the House committee. Hope the gun's not loaded. I'm in my house. I can do whatever I want. Point of order. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, I guess it's a lot easier for some people just to uh, just to look the other way. It's uh, uncomfortable. It's inconvenient to speak up for the rights of those being oppressed. Like children. Like children in gun-free zones who are sitting ducks for the next armed lunatic. Like children who are taken advantage of by the, uh, the cabal, the transgender cabal. And Tucker Carlson had Matt Walsh on the other night, and they played a clip from his new What is a Woman movie of a pediatrician 
saying that puberty blockers were just kind of putting puberty on a pause, just like uh, pausing music on your computer, and you could pick it back up any time. It's completely reversible. Lying through teeth. Lying through teeth. Did y'all hear what State Farm Insurance is doing? State Farm tells us they're a good neighbor. But would a good neighbor target five-year-olds for conversations about sexual identity? That's what State Farm's doing. Asking employees to donate guides to being transgender to public schools. Books aimed at making kindergartners question their identity. It's textbook indoctrination. These books don't belong in elementary schools. And State Farm shouldn't be putting them there. Like a creepy neighbor, State Farm is there. Did y'all know that? Did you hear about it anywhere else? There's a website, likeacreepyneighbor.com. It's all there. It's all there. So, um, Matt Walsh, in his great new movie, What is a Woman?, Talking to a lib about it. Male gametes. That's what makes me male. No. Your, your sperm don't make you male. Then what does? It's a constellation. In reality. In truth. Okay. Whose truth are we talking about? The same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now, you and I. No. You're not listening. If I, if I see a chicken laying eggs and I say that's a female chicken laying eggs, did I assign female or am I just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world? Does a chicken have gender identity? Does a chicken cry? Well, Does chick- a chicken commit suicide? Let's frame it. Because you're talking, you're trying. A chicken to, has sex like any, like any biological organism. A chicken has organism. an assigned gender, but a chicken doesn't have a gender identity. So we assign female to chickens when they lay eggs? That's a, we that's, assume they're female if they lay eggs. That's what we're up against. That's what we're up against. Just so you know. Just so you know. And a number of our politicians, of our elected leaders, don't have a problem with this. Again, you know, I do this show from Little Rock, Arkansas. But, um, and the last time I checked, 65% of the people who download this podcast from outside Arkansas. So it's definitely a national show, but there are things that happen in the state I happen to be in, Arkansas, which resonate nationally, which are a microcosm, okay? of what's going on in the whole country. And one of them is a lying governor, Aza Hutchinson, who went on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox last year and said the medical experts say that it's wrong to keep people, to keep young children before puberty from going through this transition procedure. who lied saying that Walmart had nothing to do with his decision. And Tucker proved they did. Now, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson is uh, by no means unique. 
You want to look at uh, a governor that's, that's unique. How many people are standing up to this? Like Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is. I think it's probably a pretty short list, don't you? Pretty short list. But I will keep on trying to hold these people accountable as long as God continues to give me breath. As long as he keeps open the forum, the platform for me to hold these people accountable. All right, now, that having been said, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. Believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online and have it delivered to you. To your front door. Anywhere. Anywhere in the 48 continental United States. Now, this one's kind of a three- or four-parter. The um, the clip I just played for you of Matt Walsh talking to a woman who denies that objective reality exists, Miranda Devine responded, Great movie. The common thread with these automatons is they don't believe in objective truth and reality. Everything is relative. My truth versus your truth. Mass psychosis for the purpose of legitimizing lies. Now, my friend Aaron Walker said, I disagree. They selectively believe in objective reality, which is why I stump so many transgender activists with this example. So here is his example, the tweet of the day. He says, three able-bodied white guys walk into work. One of them wears blackface. The second one is using a wheelchair and says he self-identifies as disabled. The third one wears a dress. Why are only the first two offensive? Nobody can answer that question, can they? No one can answer that question. Let me run it by again. Three able-bodied white guys walk into work. One of them wears blackface. The second uses a wheelchair and says he self-identifies as disabled. The third wears a dress. Why are only the first two offensive? There you go. Somebody responded, it's like if a regularly abled athlete competed in Special Olympics or Paralympics and won, people would be outraged. That's right. But nobody has the guts to say anything about a guy who calls himself Leah Thomas, who hasn't had any kind of operation, but is allowed to compete 
against young women swimmers who complained that in the locker room he doesn't cover up his male parts and he's still attracted to women. It's sexual harassment. It's abuse. But don't expect to ever hear that on Fox News. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. John Roberts and Sandra Smith, they call him a woman. Interesting, isn't it? They're all in. For the abuse and the harassment, they're all in. How many Republican governors are like the governor of Arkansas who said a few months ago, well, I don't want to I don't want to criticize President Biden, but takes every opportunity to criticize Trump. And now that Hutchinson is running for for president, takes uh, every opportunity to criticize Ron DeSantis. FBI Washington field office tweeted 45 minutes ago, former White House advisor Peter K. Navarro has been indicted on two counts of contempt of Congress stemming from his failure to comply with a subpoena issued by the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol breach. Now, again, a guy like James Clapper can commit perjury in Congress and not get charged. Peter Navarro, who, by the way, is a doctor, they don't mention that, 72 years old, has been indicted and arrested and is in federal custody. Now, what does our old friend Julie Kelly at American Greatness say about that? She says, guys, the most powerful FBI office in the country is laser-focused on the real crimes that threaten the safety of Americans. Dripping with sarcasm, of course. Dripping with sarcasm. She says, Biden's DOJ indicts a close advisor to Trump on more BS contempt charges. U.S. Attorney's Office, Washington, D.C., is out of control. Matthew Graves, U.S. Attorney, Washington, D.C., is a Biden campaign advisor whose wife is head of a left-wing radical nonprofit in Washington, D.C. Steve D'Antuono was head of the Detroit FBI field office responsible for the Whitmer kidnapping hoax, is now in charge of the FBI field office in Washington, D.C., Another attempt by FBI to interfere in an election. And again, what is this about? He's questioning a subpoena from this sham January 6th commission. Pelosi's January 6th commission. Which is a fishing expedition. Which is issuing subpoenas for people who left the Trump administration way before January 6th, 2021. Now, that's the commission that 35 Republicans in the U.S. House voted for, including U.S. Representative French Hill, and that's why I don't believe that French Hill actually defeated Colonel Conrad Reynolds in the Republican primary May 24th. I believe there's a lot of voter fraud there. Deborah Hine over at American Greatness, whistleblower's lawyer, says Pfizer got away with vaccine fraud because government was a co-conspirator. 
Pfizer has asked the U.S. court to throw out a whistleblower's lawsuit on the basis the company can't be guilty of fraud, abuse, and protocol violations in its COVID vaccine clinical trials because its contract with the U.S. government allowed them to skirt regulations and federal laws that typically apply to government contracts. In other words, Pfizer was allegedly able to make false statements to the government and lie about the safety and efficacy of its product because the government was in on it with them, according to Robert Barnes, the lead lawyer in the case. The whistleblower, Brooke Jackson, was the regional director for the Ventavia Research Group, the company that was conducting Pfizer's pivotal Phase three trial in Texas in 2020. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to hear about this anywhere else, so I think it's my responsibility to continue telling you about it. And frankly, I kind of miss being on the radio And I'd like to get back on, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I believe that the news that I'm sharing with you needs a wider audience. Ned Ryan, American Greatness, article entitled, Yes, They're Coming for Your Guns, says, Perhaps like me, you've always had a sneaking suspicion that the un-American left is ignorant of many things, but then they open their mouths and remove all doubt. The most recent example comes from the gaping maw of Ellie Mistal on MSNBC, where he claimed that like everything else in this country, apparently, the Second Amendment is the creation of long-dead racist white supremacists who supported it for the sole purpose of putting down slave revolts, keeping the enslaved populations in bondage. Of course, there's as much truth to that as there is the 1619 Project. Progressives use such revisionist history to discredit the founders so they can dismantle the founders' republic. Fascinating article. I mean, I, I don't have time to get into it right now because we're running out of news. Governor Ron DeSantis to veto $35 million for Tampa Bay Rays over sports teams' anti-Second Amendment stance. Good. Good. That's a real governor. That's a real patriot, unlike what we've got in Arkansas. That's the real deal. Yeah. And Biden just makes fun. Just a little bit ago, responded to Elon Musk's. Elon Musk saying he had a super bad feeling about the U.S. economy and wants to cut 10% of, of workforce. Biden says lots of luck on his trip to the moon. He's just uh, making fun of all of it. He's a mocker. He's a mocker. Again, we will all have to stand before God and give an account of what we've done in this life. And Biden's not getting any younger. He only lives so long. No? You only live so long. According to U.S. House Records, Reviewed by the Daily Caller, Democrat Representative Ayanna Presley, who has repeatedly pushed to defund the police, has continued to spend thousands of taxpayers' dollars on her own private security. 
How about that? All right, let's, uh, before we get out of here, let me share with you what John Hayward over at Breitbart is saying. In theory, the public would like to see better systems for identifying dangerous people, especially young people, and addressing the potential threat in various ways, including restricted access to guns. In practice, it's so much harder to do than they imagine, so prone to abuse. Absolutely nothing Joe Biden has ever done suggests he could be trusted to administer any kind of red flag system without rampant political abuse. Even once he's gone, the weaponized bureaucracy will endure and has proven it cannot be trusted either. Abuse is inevitable. We're living in an era when the FBI works for the Democrat oppo shop where confidential IRS data has been repeatedly leaked for political purposes, where powerful party members routinely flout the laws that apply to the rest of us, giving them any more power would be foolish. But even leaving the inevitable corruption and politicization aside, it's just not as easy to identify troubled people as we might like. It can probably be done better than it is now. Just about any system can be approved improved, but there are no minority report magic solutions. It's a perfect example of something that sounds good and polls well, but falls apart when a rational discussion of the details ensues. Sadly, we keep learning that most of the high-profile killers were already on the radar screen of law enforcement at various levels. So instead of lone wolf, We talk about the known wolf. The known wolf phenomenon occurs in part because it's a big step, legally and ethically, to go from this person said some disturbing things to this person is a threat and should be restricted or kept under tight surveillance. It always seems so obvious in retrospect. One problem is that law enforcement resources are stretched very thin. And close monitoring of a potentially threatening individual over a long period of time is very manpower intensive. You really do not want to live in a society where robots do it. Ask the Uyghurs in China. It's unfortunate that friends and family don't raise alarms sooner in some of these cases, but there's that's a cultural societal issue that will be difficult to address Sometimes they do raise alarms, but it can be hard to sort out genuine threats from a few troubling statements. Reasonable measures that bring marginal improvements don't create a lot of political energy or excitement. So we get sweeping demands to abolish the Bill of Rights and wild promises of magic wand psychic background checks. Trying too many things a little better isn't sexy. There you go. John Hayward over Breitbart. About problems with the... uh, Problems with the... uh, Idea of red flags. All right, y'all. You've been listening to episode 166 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions 
expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof of a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier X. Well, that's the way it is. Friday, June 3rd, 2022.